This is AutoLine Daily reporting on all aspects of the global automotive industry. The corruption scandal at the UAW just took an ominous turn for Union President Gary Jones. The Detroit News reports that senior union leaders are helping the feds build a case against Jones. And that raises new questions on whether or not the UAW's leadership can sell a new labor contract to rank-and-file members. Meanwhile, that strike against General Motors continues to bleed money from the company, inflict financial hardship on union workers, cause financial distress at supplier companies, forcing them to lay off thousands of employees, and it's hurting the tax base of the communities and states where GM has plans. So let's hope they get this thing finally wrapped up. GM, Ford, and FCA finally reported their sales for the last quarter. GM had a pretty good quarter. Sales were up 6%, while the entire market was up less than 1%. That helped GM gain nearly a full point of market share for the quarter, which is a huge gain. Meanwhile, at Ford, the news wasn't that good. Its sales dropped 5%, and Ford barely outsold FCA, which essentially held flat. In fact, FCA was only about 1,600 vehicles behind Ford. And now let's dive into some of their most profitable products, their full-size pickup trucks. Ford continues to lead that sales race by a wide margin, but its sales were down nearly 6%. There's a new F-150 coming next year, so Ford probably believes that whatever it loses in the last year of production of the current truck, it'll make back up with the new one. And the Ram pickup continued to outsell the Chevrolet Silverado, though Chevy is clearly closing the gap. Both Ram and Silverado posted healthy gains over the last three months. Last month, Elon Musk sent an email to employees saying that orders from customers were tracking at 110,000 cars for the quarter and that the company had a shot at selling more than 100,000. But it fell a bit short. It sold 97,000 cars, yet investors largely shrugged off the news. But with Tesla, there's always some sort of drama. NHTSA is now looking into growing complaints of Tesla's summons feature, which allows owners to summon their parked car with an app and have it drive to them in a parking lot. Owners have posted videos online of one Tesla scraping a garage wall as it's being summoned, and another Tesla backing into another car. Hey, be sure to join us later today for AutoLine After Hours. We're going to take a deep dive into the Karma Rivero. As you probably know, this car started out life as the Fisker Karma, but after that company went bankrupt, the new company completely revamped the car. We'll show you all the changes they made on this $150,000 sedan, and we're also going to be joined by Steve Letart, the president of Hella's Corporate Center in the U.S. That company is doing some intriguing things with automotive lighting that are going to show up on cars in the near future. So join Gary Vasilash and me for some great insights as to what's going on in the automotive industry. On average, nearly 6,000 pedestrians are killed in the U.S. every year, which accounts for 16% of all traffic deaths. 
That's why automakers added pedestrian detection technology to their automatic emergency braking systems. But a study from the AAA found that these systems are inconsistent and are completely ineffective at night. It evaluated four mid-sized sedans with the technology on a closed course. Not only did they have trouble at night, the systems faltered in real-world situations, like a vehicle turning right into the path of an adult. AAA found that the systems did not react at all, colliding with the pedestrian every time. Because of this, the AAA says more needs to be done to improve these systems, especially at night. Ford Motor Company is letting us peek under the curtain a little bit on what it's doing with mobility services. It built a model of the city of Ann Arbor using 3D printing to make plastic models of every building in the city. They even have a model of the University of Michigan's gigantic football stadium. The model shows traffic flows, parking spots, pedestrian traffic, and just about everything you can think of that relates to mobility. Using this model, Ford and the city can plan out how to improve traffic flow, reduce congestion, and improve pedestrian safety. Ford sees a tremendous business opportunity in helping cities and other communities improve their mobility. And this helps explain why the company is getting into things like e-bikes and electric scooters. Ford wants to be a mobility company, not just a car company. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Just a few months after introducing the first ever mid-engine Corvette, Chevy revealed the first hardtop convertible version of the iconic model. It maintains the same storage space as the coupe, even with the top down, and it shares the same powertrain. You can open or close the top at speeds up to 30 miles an hour, and the top can retract in just 16 seconds. The chassis has been tweaked with springs and dampers tuned to provide nearly the same ride as the coupe. Production of the convertible kicks off late in the first quarter of 2020, and a right-hand drive version will also be made available at a later date, which is really smart. That opens up the global market for Chevrolet to sell more Corvettes. The convertible is priced $7,500 more than the entry 1LT Stingray Coupe. Chevrolet also revealed the racing version of the new Corvette, called the C8R. It will make its debut at the 24 Hours of Daytona in January. Unfortunately, the company didn't reveal any technical aspects, but the number four car will sport a new silver livery that's inspired by Corvette concepts like the 1973 Chevrolet Aerovet and the 1959 Corvette Stingray Racer. The number three car will continue to have the team's traditional yellow paint job. And that's it for today's report. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you again tomorrow.